welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through, a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie. I'm your prison neophyte, Frank. And today we are joined by a very special guest, Terry's number one fan. Give it up for Gwendolyn. Woo! I didn't know that was my new title. I do I do love Terry, though, and I'm, I'm excited to see her again, finally. Yeah, so because we are going to be talking about Degrassi, The Next Generation, Season 3, Episode 20, I Want Candy. So, Gwendolyn, can you please do us a quick favor and briefly introduce our A-plot and our B-plot? A-plot is Paige and Spinner want to take a, a day off, like, Ferris Bureau style, style and and recruit recruit Ace, Sol, and Ashley along the way and kind of drag her along through and try and cheer her up because she's being, being a mopey teenager. And B-plot is... Um, Snake's well gets found. That's about it. We'll talk about it. Before we get too far into this episode, brief content warning. We are going to be talking about Terry and her hospitalization. We also are going to be discussing Snake's cancer. So if either of those topics are something you would rather take a break for, that is totally okay. Um, but let's start <clears throat> with our B-plot first, shall we, everybody? Yep. All right. So our B-plot is... A bit of an interesting one. It's one of the definitely more heavier B-plots we have seen in a while, I feel like. Um, especially because, like, the theme of it is, like, death and wills and stuff like that. Um, but it starts off lighthearted enough. Uh, it starts in computer class. It starts with uh, Snake. And he is in the middle of teaching a lesson. And then he realizes there's an issue with, like, his work, which is relatable. This is, like, the moment that Snake was the most relatable teacher that I have ever seen. <laughs> was going through a lecture of some sort and going, oh, shit. Like, once... I had that happen to me on Monday when I was teaching, just being like, oh, yes, okay, now I understand why this why this works this way. Sorry, class, let me reteach you this. <laughs> the most... The moment that my students, when I was teaching high school, loved and thought was hysterical was... So, like, a general rule of thumb when I taught was I wouldn't lecture very often. I would lecture about once a unit. And the one time that I lectured... I referred to, for whatever reason, I don't know what I was thinking, I think I was just like halfway in thought, my bullet point said, so-and-so was a moth leader. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Kids would have eaten that. Oh, Oh my God, they saw it, and they were like, what are you saying? (laughs) And I looked at him like, I don't know. (laughs) And we thought it was moth so funny. Moth leader, moth leader, moth leader. <laughs> they thought it was hysterical. Queen of moths, mothra. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I meant. <laughs> uh, I think it was about like. Speaking of which, that new Godzilla movie is coming out soon with with Mothra making a debut. It's on the the American big screen. I'm hype. I'm hype. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited for it. Yeah, it actually <laughs> looks really good. I saw uh, so many trailers this weekend because I saw, at the time of recording, last weekend I saw Endgame and I saw Shazam, so I am good for, like, the next year in terms of movie releases. Well, at least comic book. I know everything now. I know all the markets. Oh, oh, yeah, trailers. In terms of that. <clears throat> but, um... Oh, I think John Wick 3 is coming out pretty soon. I've never watched a John Wick. They seem charming in their own weird little way they are unbelievably violent but for me it's just like the most and this is gonna make me sound kind of heartless for me the most relatable action franchise because it's just like you killed my dog shit's gonna go down <laughs> like, well, that's what i mean like i i, I feel weird calling them charming the point. yeah 
Like, I feel weird calling it that, but I feel like that's why they endure in the public consciousness. Well, it's just, for me at least, like, I liked it because it was just like, I wanted to see that movie Peppermint, but then I found out that movie was super racist. Yeah. It's just like a shitty John Wick. I heard about that. And what I like about John Wick is he only kills white people. (laughs) Yeah, so like, there you go. Like, I was just like, I'm cool with this, because, like, there's no weird stuff about it, like, every, it, it has its own weird logic to it, it's a, I don't know, I think that, and they're solidly made movies, they are unnecessarily violent, like all action movies, but, you know, I don't know. While we're talking about movies, I must admit that I was looking around in the computer class, I'm gonna, this is how I'm gonna transition back into our B-plot discussion, I'm looking at the computer lab, and I see that Snake has this, like, IMAX poster, and I kept trying to figure out if it was a poster for AI artificial intelligence. <laughs> I don't think it was, but it looks very similar to one poster. Gwen, please confirm with me that I was not entirely out of my mind on that one. Yeah, I, I didn't care, but you pulled up a picture of the poster, and yes, it did look vaguely similar, so there you go. You're validated. Thank you. That movie terrified me as a child. Still the trailer ter- still, terrified me. still terrifies you. Excuse it me. I watched it me. with you, and you were, you were like, cowering in the corner, yelling, what is that? I hate this. Why is that bear talking? I will say ah. this. It terrifies me in a different way now. It's like, it was terrifying to me in a whole, in the way that these were humanoid people, and I could not see a third of their heads. Like, I could see straight through them. That frightened me. And then when I got older, it frightens me on a whole nother level. What the fuck is that movie? Wait, is that the Hilly... just... Go ahead. Is that the Hilly Joe Osment movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It yeah. just goes. It's, it it's... just goes and keeps on going. It's so weird. Jude Law's a robot sex worker. It's a wacky movie. A robot sex worker that makes friends with a, a small <laughs> child robot and his robot bear. It's wacky. Speaking of Jude Law, I rewatched Cold Mountain this weekend with my buddy... <laughs> Still love that movie. I still have not seen that. Can we digress again? Coming coming full circle. I really tried with that one. I really tried. Uh, Okay, let's move on. Yeah, so (laughs) as as Snake's like fumbling, JT leans in toward Emma and asks her about the semi-formal, and Emma's trying to like get out of this conversation as quickly as possible, and JT's trying to emphasize, like, oh, I just want to ask Manny, I was wondering what you think, blah, blah, blah. And Snake keeps in the background kind of being like, shut up. Stop talking. Stop talking. Until he swoops behind them. Once again, this is the most like a teacher I've ever seen Snake be. <laughs> he swoops behind them and it's like, hmm, you know what? You guys can you guys can go defrag like all of the fucking computers during lunch detention. Have fun, guys. <laughs> it was pretty good. Pretty slick. That one like sassy teacher uh, punishments. Yeah, I mean, why not? Well, it's also like, no hesitation with, with Emma either. Yeah, which I appreciate. Once yes. again, this was the most like a teacher I think Snake has ever been to me, in my <laughs> eyes. In this moment, I went, yes, he's a teacher. I believe it. I truly do. Um, so the next scene we have at the computer lab, and Emma is having a confrontation with Alex, because Alex is on the computer. <laughs> and at first I'm like, well, that makes sense, because we've had this thread in Degrassi that, like, a lot of the bad kids come from lower socioeconomic levels and don't have access to computers. That has been a thread that Degrassi's been trying to, like, bring up several times. And I was like, she's probably working on homework. No, she's shopping. She's on, like, fucking Delia's or some shit. <laughs> like, 
looking up some weird like oversized bell pants. pants. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, there's some, some good bell bottom jeans on there. I'm, I'm telling you, she was on Delia's. I'm trying to buy a uh, trying to buy a pound of Claire's jewelry online for six dollars. And of course, Emma's trying to be like, "Hey, I need to do, you know, I need you to get off the computer." And Alex just like chewing on gum, going, "Go away, little girl, you're annoying me." <laughs> Alex is fucking iconic. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I love her. I love lady bullies. I notoriously like have a soft spot for this type of character. And Alex is such a joy to me in the fact that she is a jerk. It's just like, it's just nice to, like, it's nice to see a different kind of villain. Exactly. Because it's like, it's weird because it's like, I feel like a lot of girls, like, I don't know, Degrassi's interesting to me because it's, though you have, like, your J's and stuff like that, ultimately, a lot of the villainry is, like, in theory, supposed to be the kids kind of falling to their own flaws, basically. Mm, Give or take a couple really gross adults. For the most part, it's the kids kind of, like, you know, fucking up, realizing they fucked up, or getting away with it, in the case of the boys. Now, this season, we're beginning to see true antagonists, and we're seeing Jay, who is just, once again, this sometimes caricature, and we're seeing Alex, who is just this really abrasive character that it's kind of fun, in a way. I like seeing the conflict play out. But I think it's just because they're written in a way that's just so over the top sometimes that you just have to laugh at them. I mean, what I like about Alex so far is that she's not really, she's not, it's like not malicious. She just does, she's, she just sees everyone as below her. Yes. Like, she's like, I don't, I really just don't have the time for you. Yeah, like, just Please just stop talking to me. This, this fly is buzzing next to me and I just, I need to swat it away. Yeah. It's not like going out to hurt people. It's just... Don't bother me. Yeah, exactly. If you get into my space, like, I'm gonna fuck you up. But if you stay out of it, I don't give a shit. And I love that about her. She should have tried to extort $20 from Emma. (laughs) Can you imagine? I'll let you do it for $20. (laughs) I was like, wait, that doesn't even make sense. Um... Anyway, JT brings up that he's done for the most part. Emma notes that, you know, she still has to do Snake's, and then obviously Alex's. So JT goes to work on Snake's computer. He opens it up, and in the process, he kind of goes, like, oh, I just saw something I shouldn't see. It's revealed to be Snake's living will. So JT is, like, super stressed out about seeing this, which I don't blame him. Also, I Snake, what the fuck? You're like, yeah, sure, you know, you can look at my laptop. That's fine. Like... He must have been distracted. He must I'm just have, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, he, he had to have been distracted and is not thinking about it. Because oh you don't make God. that kind of mistake unless, unless you're not thinking. Why would you do your will at the school? Well, there's, okay, that, okay. I will defend Snake in the sense that I have done things on usually my personal computer, not the work computer, that you probably could have made a case for. Donnie, why are you doing that in the middle of school? A.K.A. Uh, writing fanfiction. Oh, yeah, writing a whole lot of fanfiction, <laughs> writing original fiction, writing articles, things like that. Like, I have done it all. So the idea of being like, hmm, I'm going to work on my living will does not entirely, like, you know, you know, it doesn't ma- doesn't sound that weird to me. I've also applied to summer jobs at school. I've done all of that stuff. So that part isn't weird. My thing is, like, you, like, you don't think in your head, I'm working on this potentially traumatic topic. 
like on my computer. Maybe kids shouldn't be on my laptop, but also like his laptop's like a professional personal laptop too. And like that also is terrifying to me. Like fine children, nothing, nothing to see here. Anyway, Emma walks over to kind of look at the look at it, realizes what it is, and she freaks the fuck out, which rightfully so. Like Emma, for all of like my frustrations with her. You gotta admit, she's had a fucking rough year. It has not been Emma's school year. And a lot of it has had to do with the stress of dealing with the fact that Snake has been sick. So, you know, she's rightfully very terrified by seeing this. Um, and we see how this hangs over her because when she's in the hallway, she's kind of just storming around. She's really mean and nasty to people. Obviously, she is holding this information. She is upset. But she lashes out in many ways. For example, like, Liberty comes over to go talk to her. She just fucking shuts her down. She tells her to shut up. Yeah. Like, which is big. Yeah. Will you shut up for once? It's just like... And then I was just it's like, like it's, it's a really mean thing to say to somebody, honestly. It is. It's nasty, especially <clears throat> in the case of like Liberty and her, where their like friendship seems like there seems to be a friendship between the two of them. I feel like it hasn't been explored as much as I'd like it to, especially because I do truly believe like Emma and Liberty are pretty much the same character, give or take some factors, but like they have each other. I think it's not so much that they're the same character so much as they have the same weaknesses. And that's the thing that I find very interesting about them. They, uh-huh. th- yeah, no, think about it for a second. They're both kind of seen as know-it-alls, um, but there's a, I think there's a race component in it in the sense that Liberty gets vilified a lot of the time for her status, and Emma is able to still be kind of your protagonist, your go-to hero, thing like that. Um, she also speaks to a... A teacher. Uh, oh yeah, the history teacher. Okay, well here's the thing. I'm looking. I'm on the transcript, and it says Mr. Prino question mark The janitor question mark Is my dad in there? <laughs> I think it's the history teacher whose name is like Mr. Prino. I'm pretty certain that's the history teacher because this is in the season we're beginning to see him be in the cast, and I know for a fact he gets like more prominence in the story. You know, Degrassi has more than three teachers now. Congratulations. <laughs> But, yeah, she's just, like, mouthing off and real mad. And in the process of storming around, she gets into Alex's orbit. Alex fucking, like, throws garbage in her direction. Oh, my God. No, it's so... (laughs) Please, Um, please bring it up. Uh... It escalates very quickly, and it was very jarring. <laughs> Alex is like, pleasant as always, Emma. And Emma, don't start with me. Alex then takes a piece of paper, crumbles it up, and just throws it into Emma's face. <laughs> it was, okay, to be, it was very, like, playful teasing. Like, yeah. she's just, like, she knows that she could, like, it's like digging that, that little, the little knife underneath the chink of the armor, just, like, poking, poking. Yeah. But she doesn't under, she doesn't, she's not ready for what is to come from that action. No! I'm sure she's just like, I'm gonna do this, Emma's gonna like, huff away, and everything will be fine. Like, yeah, she's And it'll be it. funny, I'll get a good giggle out of it. And... I can't wait to tell Sean and that, you know, chunkhead Jay I hang out with. <laughs> yeah, like, it'll be fine. But then, like, like she also says something, I don't know, I know you have the transcript up, she says something to Emma that is like, Alex, what is your problem? Let's see, your clothes, your voice, your holier-than-thou attitude, you. 
it's just like i mean i get it like i get it but wow these two are just fucking at each other's throats and then it's time for in the words of little jaw girl fight yeah they fucking go so it's... hard in this fight it's not like a tip like you you hear you hear like cat fight whatever scratching nails hair pulling and stuff it's not no. it's just they're just they're just like hitting each it's other it's like wrestling in a way because they throw each other a lot they're like holding each other's shoulders and slamming each other into surfaces. Well, like, we hit this fight, I hit this fight while watching and I texted Donnie is like, whoa, Emma went prison real quick. Yeah, like... Because, like, Emma grabs Alex's head and knees her in the face. Yeah, oh, like, did? draws blood. She wow. draws fucking blood in the process. And, like, Alex takes it like a champ then backhands Emma. Yeah, like, <laughs> the choreography of this fight is really intense like it is not what i think a lot of people would stereotype a girl fight like it's it's not really the hair pulling it's not really the well screaming. think of these two characters or is that is they that, wouldn't do it right and that's what i appreciate yeah. about it like the the fight choreography matches up to Match what i would expect yeah. those two i mean emma it's it was still a bit startling to see emma go that hard like it, it it does reiterate how fucked up she is about what is happening right now the fact that she can access this anger and access this rage in in such a way it it is startling i just like i don't know i i, I had a small appreciation for it because like that's one of the reasons i don't fight is when i was a little kid when i occasionally got into fights my brain just shut off the like let's fight clean like function mm. and that's why i don't like fighting because i don't like the person to become when i fight it's like good for you emma way to make sure nobody else will mess with you in the yard yeah right <laughs> um the fight gets broken up by the history teacher and some unnamed fellow i, I couldn't i tried like pausing it to see who it was i can't tell if it's a teacher or another student or what yeah there is really obscure it's somebody with blonde slick back hair yes i saw that too yeah, I was trying to figure it out, too, and I was like, I don't think this is really supposed to be anybody. It's interesting because, like, fuck. Fight breakups, like, you can talk about the technicalities of it, but I feel like no matter what, like, you never know as a professional how you're going to react to a fight until you are out of school and it happens. And it's really interesting because it's, like, the epitome of fight or flight for the teacher. Because there are some teachers that are just like, I see conflict, I'm going to walk the fuck away. And then there's other teachers that are just like, ah, oh, shit, and just, like, charging into battle. And it's really interesting seeing what kind of person you are. Well, that reminds me, uh, in high school, like, like we would all kind of, like, just hang out in this one common area before the bell would ring, and we'd all go to class after lunch. And, like, I was avoiding my friends, so I was just hanging out outside in this common area. Um, and, like, this guy just shoved this girl's like, head into a wall, it was fucking rough as hell. Ugh. And then, like, I just saw the librarian, who I didn't really pay much attention to mm -hmm. in high school, just puts the kid in a headlock and essentially just drops to the ground with him and just starts yelling to call an administrator. And I'm just... It happened wow. so quickly. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, like I said, you can see a teacher in an entirely different light in how they de-escalate a, a conflict like that. Like, they just fucking... People, I know so many people that are so mild-mannered and, like, totally just, like, very quiet, and yet, like, they are the ones that are, like, 
they just fucking go. If when they see a fight break out, they're just like, I'm gonna try and do what I can to restrain someone safely and like not have this continue. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's just like even now, like I'm just like part of me is just like, uh, like I. Some people are like, that was a bit rough. I was like, you didn't see what that guy did. Like, it fucking sucked. Like everything yeah. about it sucked. Yep. I have found that. Um, I'm very lucky in the sense that, like, for whatever reason, my fight senses go out, and I'm like, I'm gonna go try and help, as if, like, me at five feet tall is gonna do anything, but luckily, usually a bigger person jumps in and is like, no, I'll do it. I'm like, okay. Good. Thank you. (laughs) Because, what am I gonna do? But, this fight's brutal. It's real brutal. Um, so when we go to the office in the next scene, we see that Emma's pretty fucked up. She has a black eye from this. From, I assume, when Alex backhands her. Um, and Snake kind of comes in, he tries to have a bit of a, like, a sense of humor about the whole thing, and she jumps to, you're fucking keeping secrets, Snake! Oh, excuse me, she says, Dad. She, this is where she, like, it's interesting seeing her tone, because for a lot of the time she refers to him as her dad, and it's fine, but then, like, if she's angry at Snake, it flips to, Dad! Like, it is a really accusatory tone. I'm gonna punch you with the word, Dad. Yeah, like, she's really trying to you know, make him feel she's bad. Him. Yeah, she's very good at it. <laughs> um, and she's just kind of like, you know, did the chemo fail? Are you, like, lying? You know, I saw, like, you know, all this type of stuff. And, you know, I saw your will. What's up with that? And he just says, like, you know, look, I just want to be prepared. I'm going to be getting final results about my chemo treatment. Um, I just want to make sure that if, if it does fail, like, I have things in line. Which... Is a really rough thing to have to admit to, especially to someone so young. But it's good to see that he's trying to think that way. I mean, he does have her in his life. He has Jack in his life. Like, he has priorities in a way that he does need to make sure this type of stuff is in line and set up. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, he's being responsible. Honestly, he's quite responsible this whole episode. This is probably, like, Snake is on the ups for me during <laughs> this this episode. Uh, I mean, it is weird. Like, I, like, made up my will a few years ago, and I was just like, this is, like, bizarre. I'm, like, 30. It's not a bad thing to do, though. Yeah, I just want to make sure I'm, like, because I found out, like, lose a lot of money if you just let the government figure that shit out. So I was like, no. Yeah. No, I think that's a good, responsible decision. Um, Plus there's Groupons for it, so it's real oh, cheap. Oh, sweet. I had no idea there were Groupons <laughs> for this shit. Oh, that's good to know. It's, like, 20 bucks, and I'm set for... God forbid. <laughs> nice. Um, Wait, so I, I, I never, I've never used a Groupon before. Do you have to do that in a group? Like, is that the idea? No, 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 no. no. It's Because like, I was imagining, like, you getting, like, find, like, a couple oh together God, and being like, hey, y'all want to get on this Groupon? <laughs> 20 uh, people making need... a will together yeah. in a room. <laughs> it, it's, it's just, like, it's a group. I think the term Groupon means, like, a group of savings. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just like, we're going to make this many available, like, mm-hmm. this many tickets at this price, this many escape rooms at this price. Yeah. It, it's not like a coupon where you can clip it out, and then everybody who has access to that coupon can use it. It's it's a select few who are able to register for the thing. But it would be okay. really funny imagining a bunch of people in, like, a cafeteria writing a will. Yeah, that's what I was, like... I got some... Imagining. Got to see Lizzie Stern last year for 20 bucks on a Groupon. Nice, nice. I have not used Groupon, because I don't know why. I have no reason. Um, but That's the, the only reason I do, do escape rooms is if I have a Groupon for them. I think I'm too mentally ill for an escape room. I'm pretty sure I would just have a panic attack. 
I mean, they, I don't know. Or dissociate, or both. <laughs> I only did one, and it was weed themed, and then I was done forever with. Wait, when did you do a weed themed escape room? My my lab group wanted to do it for one reason or another, what the fuck? and I got. Why don't I remember? Oh, I do remember do. this, you but do. I didn't remember it was weed themed. Yeah, it was weed themed. Okay. One of the clues was four twenty. You know, awful. I mean, it was, you had to. It's awful. I hate this. Anyway, um, Emma <clears throat> hearing this says that you know she doesn't want to have any secrets between them. So he tries to kind of resolve this by inviting her to go to the doctors with him so that she can hear for herself what his status is, um, and they hug afterwards. The final scene of the plot is at the doctors. Everybody's present. Sna- uh, Snake's there. Emma's there. Spike's there. Jack is there. The doctor makes a note of how everybody is there, as if this wouldn't be an appointment that, you know, anybody who could would come. Like He's like, I can't believe your whole family's here. It's like, really? No, and but basically he goes into a lot of doctor talk and you know talks about how like his blood cell count could be better um his bone marrow is like a bit low i think he says i look at the person who does science shit i didn't write it down great Uh um so the bone marrow tests are in your peripheral blood cell count could be better but your normal cellular marrow is just 3.2 less and then uh Archie Rupert Simpson. What? A, I didn't realize his middle name's Rupert. How did that get I, past me? I saw, when I looked at his will, I was just like, oh, there's his full name. Archie Rupert Simpson. It's <laughs> quite a name. Huh. So, yeah, he's Snake. Is his, is his name just Archie, or is it Archibald? I thought it would be Archibald. <laughs> Like, people are not just named Archie. I thought his name would be Archibald. Are you sure? Because I feel like... No, but that's what Archie is short for. I know, but you see, like, people named nicknames all the time. That's just their name. I know, but he... Like, I don't know. It feels like something that his full name would be. I don't think... I don't think think many people in the right mind would name a child Archibald. (laughs) I think some people would. I'm gonna give some people the benefit of the doubt. Oh, Archibald, that's it's just such a name. Look, if you're going, to, look, if I start getting people being like, "We oh, need my kid Archibald," in the fucking email account, I'm forwarding them all to you. That's you fine. can deal with this. That's fine. Okay, on the on the wiki, it says his full name is Archibald Rupert Simpson. I, I feel like somebody right. was doing the prop work and entirely forgot that Archie is a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, Archibald, Archie, right? Archie, is that short for anything? No. It reminds me of, like, in fucking Dark Knight Rises when, um, fucking Batman, or Bruce Wayne decides to start being Batman again, and he's looking down in the Batcave, he's looking at, like, headlines, but, like, one of them is misspelled. It says, it's spelled, like, defective, or, like, D-E-T-C-E-T-I-V-E. Oh. And I was like, well... Fucking hundred million dollar movie. <laughs> I've only seen that movie once, but I believe that exists. Um, so yeah, Archibald. But I, I when I was looking it up, apparently there's a golfer named Archibald <clears throat> Simpsons. So it might be named for that dude. Maybe. Oh, it's confusing. Well, I mean, you have a character named after Star, like you know, Star Trek related stuff. So like, I, whatever. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. Anyway, um, the doctor tells him his cancer is in remission. Everybody's like super jazzed and crying and whatnot, and the doctor's like, "You guys hang out here. I'm gonna go somewhere else." Yeah, right. Like, uh, I'm gonna go. 
There's too many emotions in this room. Yeah. I, I need to leave. Like, uh, okay, Congratulations bye. on your remission, Archibald <laughs> Rupert Simps- Simpson. What's his last I'm name? out. Simpson. Simpson. There yep. you go. As the door closed, like, you just say the dog, like, his name really is Archibald Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, I've nothing against those two those two knees individually. Yep. Together though, it's a bit much. Yeah, it's it's a bit much. The Little... name is just like wow, wow. You went okay. That's three names. Wow, in a row. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a it's a lot. It's a lot of like a harsher sounds going on in that. Um, but yeah, so he's in remission, uh, which is good. It's good news. Um, it's not been, it, this has been a plot that has taken up a lot of this season. It's been pretty nerve-wracking at times. It's nice to see after all the bullshit that he's dealt with, you know, it looks like he might be on the road to okay, which is good. Brought back wheels for some reason. It, that still is like one of the Yeah, I was just going to say, we, maybe we won't have to deal with uh, equating cancer to, 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 to killing, killing someone. Yeah, right? <laughs> Uh, that was still weird. That's still that is probably one of the weirder moments of this season, if I really think about it. I just, I'm just gonna be brought up like as we're two episodes more, and then we're on our season three wrap up. Jesus, yeah, that's gonna be. Let's let's put a pin in that because I have, I that still baffles me. Shall we move on to our a plot? Yeah. Okay. So, our A-plot opens up in Hasselako's class. She's introducing the final exam, which is the way that Degrassi indicates that, yes, the season is ending. Um, it's like, oh, by the way, somehow time has passed. We're, we're not going to give you any other indicators during the whole fucking season that time has passed. Other than Christmas happened at some point. And... <laughs> Toby glumly said, happy Hanukkah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did a spoken word performance acknowledging Hanukkah. Um... And made a really weird reference to Ramadan. Anyway, that's the only indication that time has passed until this moment. Spinner is absolutely baffled by the idea of a cumulative exam. He's like, wait, I'm supposed to know information from both terms? And everyone's like, yeah. Like, that's how it works. Well, this explains why you've been held back a few times, Spinner. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, ah! Um... And, you know, Hazelakos is like, just so you guys are prepared, you know, here's a comprehension assignment, blah, 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 blah. And during all of this, Hazelakos approaches Paige and says, like, hey, can you give this copy to Ashley? Uh, Because she's been absent again. Before we get too far into this, this is the weird, this was weird to me because it, I feel like if this episode was before Rock and Roll High School, I would have been able to follow this thread a little easier than after Rock and Roll High School. Because to me, <clears throat> Rock and Roll High School, like, it seems like she's more at ease with where her life is at the moment. Mm. And it feels like this is, like, a downward turn, which not to say that you can't have ups and downs when you're dealing with the amount of shit that Ashley has dealt with. It just, it, it felt like Rush. they needed to do some edits to this this episode that they hadn't done yet, but yeah. they had the other episode already filmed, so they put that one before it when it was supposed to be the other way around. Yeah, it's weird because it's like, especially in this season where it's a lot of the season, and I would argue a lot of the time, Degrassi has done a pretty good job when it comes to like talking about characters dealing with traumatic shit. Like, has nailed it many, many, many times, and has also been able to carry the thread for multiple episodes and like not just have like suddenly this character has depression suddenly this character is like self-harming like suddenly this character is suicidal 
but this kind of felt like that's what ended up happening. So we know that Ashley's absent. She's apparently absent again. I, I just want to make one one comment on one line that Hasselakis says. It, it, she's introducing this this final exam, and Spinner's like balking at this this concept, and she tells him. <laughs> It's time to live in the real world. <laughs> right. As if her <laughs> fucking science class is the real world. <laughs> live in the Fuck. real world where, where all exams are cumulative. And I I mean, I, I guess that's kind of true. Like, life experiences are cumulative. Whatever metaphor you want to make. But it was just like a very like, okay, Mazak Lacos, you got me there. Right. Like, oh time to God. live in the real world, of course. Oh, my God. Oh. oh, man, I remember when I graduated college and moved into the real world and how pumped I was that homework was not a thing anymore. I know, right? It's real <laughs> exciting. But um, Paige is just like, you know what we're going to do, Spinner? We're going to take the day off tomorrow. We are going to live in the real world. Yes. <laughs> It's honestly, honestly, like, I thought this was just kind of cute, like, the two of them. It was cute. Yeah, like, it was. Plenty shenanigans. Uh, the thing about Paige and Spinner is I don't hate them as a relationship. I've tried, too. And I've tried, like, really framing it as, like, you know, Paige can do better and shit like that. But at the end no, of the day, they like each other. They like each other. They have fun with each other. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of the the thing about them is it, it's just they are they are not... I don't, I don't feel miserable watching them interact. Like, I'm genuinely entertained <clears throat> by their relationship dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun a lot of the time. And I can't, I can't hate it. I just can't. I don't want to say I ship it. Because well, as we know, I have no head ships. That's not true. But Jesus. as we know, <laughs> I don't have many. But I don't hate watching they, them. They work well as partners. They, they... Yeah. They, they they have a very good dynamic. They bounce off each other. They support each other in, in subtle ways. And they generally just, they look like they're having fun when they're together, which is the most exactly. important thing when you in a relationship. Exactly. So the next <clears throat> scene we go into the, unless you have something else to say, Frank. No, I was just thinking, like, in a perfect world, like, Paige would be trying to get him to be less of a shit heel toward about certain things. But, I mean, like, you, we've made this point before. This is high school. They're just high school yeah. students. And also, like, it's not Paige's job to train yes. Spinner to be a better person. Yeah. That is just not what it should be your job when it comes to this type of shit. And let's be real, way too many girls waste all of their time trying to cha- train their cis-het boyfriends. So, yeah. I'm glad that we don't spend plot after plot after plot after plot with her trying to teach Spinner to have a fucking soul. Yeah, and he's we're seeing he's he's getting he's working on that himself. He's he, we've seen plots with Marco where he's improving on his homophobic tendencies. He's doing a little better, a little s- slowly, one one step at a time. It's true. I mean, speaking of which, he uh, they roll up to school the next day in a car with um, oh my god, something came Dylan. 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 It's Dylan's car. It's that that weird. They kept they kept the fucking convertible. Yeah. Um, Dylan and the source of all joy and light in the Degrassi world, Marco. Yep. <laughs> um, I love that Marco has to sit in the back. <laughs> it's like Paige is like, I don't fucking care if you're his boyfriend. Fucking the, like, I call shotgun. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is. That is how it is. It's clearly how it is. Um, but Dylan, Dylan is co-conspirating with Paige in her attempt to cut class. Um, he's like, okay, fine, you can have my car. She then gives him a note to give the school, which is quite foolproof to have your, your older sibling do this. This is 
Not a bad plan. And I like the like I I checked it because it's one of my favorite parts in Catch Me If You Can, where um, uh, the main character Frank is like showing that he's on the hustle because mm-hmm. like he sees a girl handing in a fake note. He's like, that note's a fake, right? And she's like, no, it's a note from my mom. It's like. If that was a real note, you would have folded it and put it in your book. There's no fold in it. And she immediately folds it. And I'm like, let me check. Yeah, there's a fold. Good. Yep. Yep. Like. <laughs> yeah, no, she, she she tried to, like, you know, cover her tracks on this one. And, you know, she gives the note. And Marco and Dylan are like, okay, fine. Like, we're going to go to school. And Marco, once again, for whatever reason, has such an aversion toward opening up a door in this car. Because, once again, he leaps out of it. Son of a bee. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, heard, ah! he heard a faint buzz in the corner it's like, in the corner of his ear and just he just gotta get out. Yeah. But leave. he was more subtle about it this time. He was just like there was like a he just heard it and he's like, I'm gonna just coolly get out of this car. I did it, nailed it. Hell yeah, Del Rossi. <laughs> he's, he's just like like, oh my god, there's a bee on me, this is me. Marco, we've been over this. Cell phone? Right, right, cell phone, cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're there for like two seconds and it's at the light. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. They're very, it's just, I don't know. It's a very endearing dynamic that I think there is where it's like, you know, you have Paige, Paige is friends with Marco, Dylan is her, like her brother. Like, I don't know. It's just a delightful little crew that we're having develop. And Dylan's like, okay, make sure to bring it back a full tank. And Paige is like, but it's only on a quarter anyway. He's like, all right, bye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> It's good because it's like yes they are siblings mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yes they are um so we go to spinners and uh spinners in bed mom is kind of trying to take his temperature uh he's she's totally falling for the fact that he might be sick kendra's just like standing there just going like i'm gonna fucking tell on you i'm gonna fucking say that you are trying to cut class you cannot fool me um and he, of course, is like, oh, I know how to make her really be convinced and, like, slugs a bunch of tea before she comes back. And Kendra's just like, I'm the oh. one that's actually injured. <laughs> and he, shows her, like, little splint on her arm. He puts the thermometer in the tea. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that would actually warm it up. Yeah. I've never tried that trick. I've never tried to... I don't think I ever fixed being sick. I, at, least, at least when I was in, in school, like, as a child. I did not realize that school was just not where the mo- source of most of my stress in life would actually come from, and that if I missed school, it wouldn't be the end of the world, so I went to, like, every fucking day. Yeah, same. What an idiot. Well, I would... My, my family wanted to take vacations, like, of course, in the middle of the school year, so I had to, like, not be sick. Oh, you were I'd be screwed over. Yeah. So yep. I could take that week off and then do a vacation thing, which was nice, yep. but that means I couldn't be sick. I yeah, think. there's always that one kid who's, like, family takes them out on vacation, and then I get, like, pneumonia. And then it's like, well, you might fail this grade. <laughs> we, we had one <clears throat> one kid had five grandmas die in one year. Interesting. What the hell, Dahlia? <laughs> she's just, like, screaming. She's, like, just, like, wagging her tail, staring at the window. We're not giving her enough attention, so she's complaining. She probably is. I mean, it could be worse. It could be, like, the time she just screamed at the wind for, like, all of this weekend. I'm not a happy camper about any weather developments, really. Um, anyway, so, back to the episode. Okay, what sport do you think Kendra hurt her arm in? It's toward the end of the school year. What sports are usually toward the end of the school year? Softball. That's my guess. I'm gonna go with chess. (laughs) 
<laughs> Me tries to approach it logically. Frank, how can I get a laugh? <laughs> Just like, she's like, you can't cast it that way. He's like, I'll cast it the way I want. Jumps the table. <laughs> anyway, Kendra's, Kendra does not actually squeal because when their mom comes back, she takes Spinner's temperature and is like, oh yeah, you deaf have a fever. Wow, okay, stay home, honey. Um, and as soon as she and Kendra leave, he calls Paige and is like, I'm good. Like, let's go. The hen has flown the coop. Yes. <laughs> Though, although, like, if I was Spinner and Paige, I would also be kind of bummed that I missed the Emma-Alex throwdown. Right? Coming back to school and they're like, did you see the fucking fight? And they're like, no. Oh. Yeah, no, that's... I... It's true. They would be, that would be pretty, pretty uh, juicy information to uh, miss out on. But we go to Ashley's room. We have a lot of different sets this episode. We go many different places, which is kind of exciting. Um, we're back at Ashley's house. She's singing. I didn't write down the lyrics to this one. It's about a void. There's storm imagery, stuff like that. Oh, my God. I'm lost in a void of eternity. The eye of the storm, the death of the sea. A black hole rips me from inside out. Gravity ending me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A void storm stuff. Exactly. Um... <laughs> We have the light of my life, Mama Kerwin coming in for the first time in like so long. It's been so fucking long since I've last seen her. Um, she comes in and she's like, hmm, you said you were sick. Doesn't look like you're sick. What the fuck? And also brings up like, you know, she's been really patient and like supportive, but it's time to go to school. And Ashley's just like, you know, I can go to school on Monday. Just like, I will go back to school on Monday. Just give me this, please. Um... Her mom kind of makes a cryptic comment about a conversation they had the other day. Um, doesn't go into any detail about yeah, what it. what the heck was it that? We never got that answer, did we? No. I, I, I forgot about that. She just goes, well, we talked about the other day. Might be a good idea. I think it's about therapy. Mm. Maybe. I assume it's about therapy. <clears throat> yeah, we never got any confirmation. Yeah. I, I just kind of read it as like, a, you know, if, if this is getting serious, like, we will take professional help steps that's how i read it would have been super nice to see that yeah <laughs> i yeah. mean no, we've seen i mean uh, we've seen therapy before yes. done well but just like it'd be nice to see more of these kids yeah. going through th going to therapy perhaps <laughs> but that's not good for plot <laughs> i mean i will say that i don't find i mean degrassi's not anti-therapy which is good yeah like yeah, I, they've got some good representation of it. Mostly it's just been, like, the, the school guidance counselor. Well, she's, like, a school therapy. psychologist. Give Sauve some credit. Sauve is not just, like, a guidance okay, counselor okay. who kind of, like, you know, puts a puts a map in their room and kind of throws darts at it and go, hey, have you thought about McGill? Like... It's just, like... My thing is, um... I, I, I feel like it shows that therapy does seem like a lot of times, like, well, we can't have them do that or else they wouldn't... They'll, like... There's no reason for them to make dumb decisions. I'm like, have you met somebody who's been in therapy? Because I was in therapy. I mean, I've been in therapy for 12 years. I still make a ton of dumb decisions. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> therapy is one of those things that plays out better, quote unquote better, in like text. I think a lot of like writers aren't afraid to have them go, like characters go to therapy because, but like for whatever reason, like when it gets to visual media, it's a, like a, like there's a lot of like fear. But um, I'm assuming that's what the line was about. And so she, you know, you have that cryptic thing. And then we go to the side of the road. Spinner and Paige are 
like, you know, trying to figure out what they want to do for their day off. And Spinner's just like, mini golf. <laughs> I got an idea. Mini golf. And... <laughs> Um, He's a wonderful, simple boy. He really is. He really wants to do mini golf. He really does. Um, The the world is their oyster, but he he brings up, okay, we could do bowling, we could go to the mall, but he just really wants to do mini golf. Yes. Um, And as they're having this conversation, Ashley calls and says that she needs the homework, and Paige is like, oh, well, we're not at school. Like, do you want to hang out? And during it, Spinner's like, no, 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 no. Um, And, you know... Paige still is able to convince Ashley, and then, the, well, it's, it's kind of, like, tentative to say convince, but Paige is like, yeah, sure, you can come with us. It's all good. And then they go to Ashley's, and Ashley's just a burrito in bed. I, um, I did all like Paige's line. Um, well, Misery loves company, hon, so get dressed. We'll be there in five. Yeah, she's just kind of like, let's <laughs> fucking go. I just, I just love when Paige calls people hon. It's very good. It's iconic, truly. Like, I mean, that's just like an enduring page thing, and I love it about her. And then we, like, this is, and Ashley's like, have you remembered, I am the goth. Yeah, right? Like, she comes in, and and Ashley's just in a burrito in bed. It's like a black blanket on her, like, nice (laughs) sheets and uh, comforter. And Paige is just trying to push Ashley up, and as... Once Ashley kind of comes to, they talk about what they want to do, and Paige wants to have a fancy lunch, Spinner wants mini golf, and Ashley says that she wants to visit Terry. So they decide to take Ashley up on her wanting to visit Terry, and they go to the hospital. And really good news, Terry's awake. Yay. Which is great. Yeah. Um, and she says that she's feeling a lot better, which is also really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um... And as Ashley is, like, talking to her, a nurse arrives to change her bandage. Um, and as she kind of unravels the bandage, shows the wound, Ashley is triggered, for lack of better terms. Like, she looks at it, she's like, fuck, and, like, has to leave the room. And kind of abruptly does. Um, and as she kind of walks out, Spinner and Paige kind of see it, don't really intervene too much, enter, and enter the room to talk to Terry themselves. Um, yeah, it, I don't know, like, I can, I can kind of feel for Ashley in this moment, because it just, it doesn't feel right at that age to see somebody your age in the hospital. Yeah. It's like, a really jarring experience, and we know from Rock and Roll High School she was apprehensive to go see Terry in the hospital before. So we know that she had this complex about this prior. Yeah. And it, it just is very disconcerting to see your friend have, like, a big ol' injury like that on the back of her head. Yeah. Especially when you know how she got it. Yeah. So it's rough. And I don't, you know, I don't really hold it against her for freaking out like that. I do wish we got more Terry in this episode, but... I was expecting this. So the nurse comes in and says, okay, dear, you gotta change your bandage. And it's like... The bandage looks like, you know, you you were trying to play... You know, you're a kid, you wrap some toilet paper around your head. Like, that's what it looks like. Like, like you wrapped a toilet paper around your head twice. So I was expecting the the wound on the back of her head to be like just like not shown or just mm-hmm. or just like very 
you know, just just a little bloody, and that's it. But no, they like did some like serious prosthetics for this this they effect. Did. It looked it looked very it looked very gnarly. convincing and realistic and gnarly. And I, I mean, I guess it's what what, what was needed because you know that gives you a reason for for Ashley to be so freaked out by it. Yeah, it's. it's it's healing, but it's a nasty wound. Yeah. It's very interesting. Like, I find the way that Degrassi handles <clears throat> this type of stuff very interesting. And I talked a little bit about this within the context of Ellie and self-harm and showing her wounds and things like that. Like, mm. it, Degrassi doesn't try to, like, constantly show it, but when they do, it's very effective. Like, you can feel why they make the decisions yeah. to do it. Yeah. It, it rarely feels, at least in this phase of Degrassi, I don't know if I'm going to retract the statement later, but at this point, it doesn't feel too gratuitous. Mm-hmm. It's to make you be unsettled and understand why Ashley was like, I got fucking go. Like, I can't do this. Goodbye. Yeah. It works very well. Um, after the hospital, we go to the restaurant. Um, Spinner can't fucking read the menu. It is, like, can't even read shiitake mushroom. No. And, like, that's, like, that's a prime, like, you make a joke about shit because it's shiitake mushroom and you're a teenager, yeah. but he can't even do that. He can't even no. read that. It's just a spinner. Yeah, he's a mess. <sighs> so he doesn't, he doesn't even bother reading the menu. Uh, waiter comes up and he's like, uh, yes, I'll have whatever's on tap. Yeah, he just beefs it. He fucking beefs it. He's like, yeah, I'll have whatever's on tap, obviously. Obviously, because if I were underage, wouldn't I be in school right now? Right. Finger guns, finger guns. Yeah, right. Like, he's just like, yeah. And the waiter's just like, okay, three ginger ales. All right, got it. Bye. <laughs> Which is funny because Ashley didn't even order a ginger ale. She just wanted yeah. water. Yeah, it's really <laughs> funny. She just says fine. Like, she, sa- she says I'm good. Like, like I'm yeah, just like, water's fine. I'm equivalent. good, whatever. Um, but it's like, y'all want ginger ales. I know <laughs> y'all want ginger ales. It's like, uh, these frosted tips tell you I'm an adult. <laughs> it was like it was it was wacky um and as they're sitting at this kind of nice restaurant ashley brings up that she's not really hungry and kind of brings up like seeing terry rattling her enough that she she doesn't want to eat and she then proceeds to say one of my favorite moments of like breaking like i i hesitate to call it breaking the fourth wall but oh, it's like oh, so it close though. to it it's so fucking good because all she does is talk about how Everything is like constant tragedy. And direct quote, that school is cursed. <laughs> it's supposed to be the best years of our life. It's just disaster after disaster. It is my favorite line <laughs> that I have heard so far. <laughs> just calling the writers out. Stop doing this to me. Like, raise his face to the heavens. Please stop. Like, for what? Let me have a good A plot. God damn it. We're, come back, good writers, to Degrassi. Right? Like, please. Susan Nielsen, where are you? Like, I've moved on to YA. YA. Right? She's like, fuck! <laughs> in my head. Dear George Clooney, please bury my mom available in all bookstores. <laughs> Apparently she, she wrote um, a book that's getting a lot of press. Um, it's focused on a, I think it's middle grade. She writes a lot of middle grade. Not really YA, she's more of a middle grade. But I think it's a middle grade pro tag who is homeless. So it focuses a lot on the character not really having like a 
stable home and having to move from place to place and kind of the distress of that but it's, it's gotten quite a bit of positive press from what i can see so i'll have to check it out i actually found out something super cool but um i loved the animal folks growing up and i found out this week uh the writer k applegate trans ally yeah she is her daughter is trans i think right yeah, i'm super pumped like she I was just like, no, if I couldn't love you anymore. <laughs> well, she was like the, the I mean, stronger you, you, you read a book about people turning into animals, like <laughs> you gotta, <laughs> you gotta feel, you gotta get it. Yeah, a you, bit. you gotta get the trans narrative a little bit. Yeah, but like so many trans people like animorphs. It's not a coincidence. <laughs> but, but um, anyway, Ashley just is like, I fucking hate being on Degrassi. Fuck. Uh, and she's like, like, next year I'm leaving. Yes, but he's like, why don't you transfer? And Josh is like, I will. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and she's like, she she's, gets up to she's go. Seen, she's seen the script for the next season and she wants out. And she's like, I'm fucking done. I see the future and it's shit. And she gets up to go to the bathroom. Spinner's like, well, Wait, that's cool. Rick, Rick has a line of dialogue. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, right. And, like, you know, she gets up and leaves, and Spinner's just like, oh, cool, cool, cool. And Paige is like, no, not cool. We have to convince her not to leave. And Spinner's like, do we? <laughs> do we actually? Spinner just wants to have a fun date with his girlfriend. I and, know. And Ashley is bringing things down. Yeah, yeah. He's just trying to make jokes and, 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 and have a good time. Just really wants to play mini golf. <laughs> Um, he did a great line. Oh, if this only this was champagne, not just the champagne of ginger ale. <laughs> Which I also was confused by. I was like, is there a brand that's like kind of like that's known as like the champagne of ginger ale? I, I, I mean, know. I know like the champagne of beers. Which I know. Is, uh, actually, what is that one again? Miller Miller High Life champagne yeah. of beers. Yeah, I know that but, much. <laughs> you know, I I I like that one. You also like Michelob Ultra. Okay, well, to be fair, this is a recent realization that Michelob Ultra is this is the superior light commercial here I am. The commercial voice, superior light beer. We're not sponsored by them! <laughs> no, but I, it was, I, I found some free beer at, after a hockey tournament, and I brought it home and I drank some, and I was like, hey, this is not bad. I don't even know what you, you sound like, like, who, what are the people usually in those in those commercials? Like, a 30-something urbanite yes. who, like... yes. Yeah. I yeah. just like the concept. I felt well, it's got this. It's got those skinny cans. It's like people trying to stay fit. Yeah, like they're having rooftop parties in yeah. New York City, but and they they're only broke serve Michelob shit, Ultra, and all I can get is Michelob Ultra. Anyway. I just like the concept of I found some free beer. I know. <laughs> well, I literally found some free beer. It was a hockey tournament, and like there was people, you know, drink at those, and it was just out on a bench right outside okay. the, outside of the arena. So I just was like, okay, the you know, I'm gonna take this. God. Nobody else is taking it. This is the same person who straight up, like, saw, like, a barely eaten order of chicken tenders on top of a garbage can and proceeded to eat them. Okay, but to be fair, I had tried to order chicken tenders and they were out. It's true. And then I found those. It's true. It was, it was destiny. You wrong. really are a raccoon. <laughs> it's true. Nothing wrong with being a freegan. I'm not gonna throw shade at that. No, no, no. But, um, Ashley returns to the bathroom, from the bathroom, is like, Guys, Radich is on a fucking date. And they look. <laughs> oh my god, he, yes. Principal, he's like principal is. He's on a woman's hand. Right, he's at the same restaurant as they are. He's, like, he's supposed to be at work. Yeah, he's just out taking this hot date out. Well, you know, there's a fight happening at school. How did he. <laughs> 
It's like, okay, like, I, I do after-school shit. So, like, in theory, before after-school... He's I'm the doing, principal. He's his own boss. Like, I could see myself... That's how it works. I actually don't know. They're, like, uh, Your superintendent you. is the person above you. Got it. Um, but, like, in, in, in that case, like, I was trying to think, because it's like, you know, I have a lot of administrative duties. In theory, I could duck out an hour and go on a date. I wouldn't do it, but, like, I could see it. Like, as a principal, there is no time, really, during the day, like, you should be out of the school. Because it's like, if you do, things blow up. Like, I'm just like, what? How was he able to pull that off? <laughs> he comes back, he's just like, who fought who? I left for an hour. Yeah, right? <laughs> but like, they all are like, fuck. And they all have to run out. Yeah, because remember, they're skipping school. So yep. regardless of whether they might have like some leverage by seeing him on a date, they're, if he catches them, they're busted. Exactly. So they just run. Because yeah, he has vacation days. They don't. They're students. Yeah, That's right. true. This could be that a vacation day. That is true. Day. He could be using a vacation day. I have, like, very few principals I know have actually used vacation days. But that's a story for another day. Radishwood, though. Radishwood. That's true. Of all the principals I have ever seen, fictional and realistic, Radish would be the guy that's He like, would take every single one of his He's privilege. like, I got personal days that don't roll over, so oh. I'm going to use them. Huh. Um... No, I just looked it up because, like, Andrew seemed familiar to me. He's the same waiter. He's the same waiter. For oh, for Dylan and Mark. oh, for that that disaster date. That does confirm my face blindness, where I thought that was Tom. Man, <laughs> Degrassi, like, give Andrew a fucking break because you know that bill came out of his his pay. I know, but yeah, Andrew, who we find out because Spinner like says like, "Hello, Andrew, give me some beer." Um. They all run out on Andrew. Paige looks around, like, looks at her wallet and everything. She's like, Spin, you have money, right? And Spinner's like, no. And Paige is really upset. She wants to go back and give money, but Ashley points out if she does, like, Radge is going to see them. So, unfortunately, they have to dine and dash. Um, but Paige obviously feels pretty crappy about it. But Spinner's real jazzed about this, because that means the money they just saved on lunch can be used to go to mini golf. It would have been fucking hysterical to see her, like, army crawl back in and be like, Andrew, Andrew, into <laughs> the money, army crawl back in. I would have loved to see that. Actually, I would love to see that. Oh, my God. I went to, um, this was during high school, a friend's, like, we went to a China, like, we went to a buffet, and... Oh, no. This um, is already bad. Like... His girlfriend, like, my friend's girlfriend was just like, why are we tipping? All they did is take our plates away and bring us drinks. And I just kind of sat there, and I was like, oh, Christ. Um, I was just like, I'm going to handle this diplomatically. I don't want to cause problems with, between my friend and his girlfriend. So, like, I was like, oh, I need to go get something at the store, because it was right next to a supermarket. I was like, and their car is out of sight. I walked back in, and I was like, hey, can I see our waitress? And she's like, oh, was there a problem? I was like, I hand her a 20, I was like, I'm sorry, she's a nightmare, and walked back out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. My thing, like, as a kid was, I never straight up didn't tip anyone, but I know for a fact I under-tipped as a kid. Like, I 100% know I did that, and... <sighs> I was like I was like a dumb gay who was bad at math and I couldn't really articulate at the time that uh, like we were under tipping and all that type of bullshit and I feel so bad. Every Canadian uh, person who waited on me when I was in Canada last October or September, I am sorry, 
A lot of times I just handed you coins, hoping it was the correct amount. It probably wasn't. Oh no, Frank! I'm so sorry. Oh no! <laughs> I didn't understand. The golden the... ones are one dollar. The silver ones are two. <laughs> I just I think so. It's been a while. So I mean, yeah, I think so. The silver ones with the gold were it was the two. Just... So yeah, it sucked. I'm sorry. Oh, oof. All right. Um, but okay. yeah. They go mini golfing. It's a bit of a miserable vibe. Sorry? It's a bit of a miserable vibe, mini golfing. Uh, <laughs> Spinner's having fun. He's he's yeah. he's hitting the ball into the water features on purpose. Ashley's just like fuck. He's, he's having a blast. Um, <clears throat> yeah, nobody's really great at it. Ashley's just like ugh. Um, they go to the movies. Spinner cries over the movie, yeah, which and, was and cute. they make fun of him, which was cute. Uh, they go to the arcade. Um, the like Paige and Spinner play air hockey. Um, Spinner tries to get Ashley's attention. Um, they go to a gallery. Spinner decides to smooch at a pair of abstract titties. Cause that's what happens, apparently. Oh, Spinner's like, this is an art. <laughs> and Ashley says, Spin, someone pour- poured their soul into these paintings. So, of course, he finds the one that has, you know titties on it they're abstract as donnie said he's like oh wait here's the art smooch 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 i didn't i don't even i think i looked at that and i did not get it as a kid i don't think i could surmise what it was and i low-key wonder if it was censored in some way when i watched it because i wouldn't be surprised if that's what the end did the end was like oh you can't see any titty doesn't matter how abstract it is but like I, i i remember like either not getting it or not seeing the painting i am not certain but seeing it now, I was just like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, um, I don't mind. That was, that was a tangent. We don't need to go on. That's okay. I think I just, it also could have just been like my fear. Like as, as a tiny gay child, it's like, oh, I can't look at this. It's just like, and then Paige, like Spinner, they, um, Spinner's just like, I'm, Done having, like, getting called out. I'm gonna well, yeah, because go... Ashley Strove grabs him and is like, you're a sexist jerk. Yeah. And he's like, whatever, I'm gonna go to the sculpture garden. And then Paige decides to drop, like, some hard truths on, um... Yeah, well... well Ashley. Spinner, Spinner just says, like, I'm just trying to, like, make you laugh. Being an idiot is okay sometimes. And Ashley just tells him to grow up, and yep. this is where Paige steps in, and she's like, listen, you gotta lighten up. Yeah. Um, she also suggests that Craig didn't just cheat on her because of hormones. Yeah, she says some things. It's, okay, this is this is classic Paige. Yes. She starts that with a kernel of truth that, yes, Ashley should probably should probably lighten up and not, not like, berate her friends for being a goofball. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think I think her pain is valid. She can't lash out constantly on her friends. Yes. So Paige, is, you know, starts off by calling her out on that, but then she takes it one and a half steps too far, as she as she does, suggesting that Craig cheated on her because there's something wrong with her, and the problem is you, and running away won't help. Which is wow, Paige. Why? God. Big fucking yeah. I mean, I know she did a kick in the butt, but like that was like that was like that was like three kicks in the butt. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing with Paige is she kind of summed the steel-toed boot. I feel like she summed shit up best when she was trying to deal with the fact that she knew about Ellie's self-harm, 
And she just kind of looks at Ellie at one point. It's like, I don't know what to do. And I feel like that, like, it actually embodies her. She does not know what to do. So she just fucking, in this type of situation, she's just slinging whatever is coming to mind. She's just like, I don't fucking... Maybe Craig cheat on you because you're a fuddy-duddy. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's just, like... She wants to help everyone so badly. She's not good at it. <laughs> yeah, like... But, like... I'll give her credit that she's willing to put herself on the line for it. She is. And she does bring up a point that isn't awful, which is, like, you know, if you don't come back, you're running away. Yeah. Like, you're just escaping, and you're not really, like, getting over it. You're not really addressing it. You're just gonna eject yourself from it. Yeah. Which, you know, not... Once again, it's, like, weird, because, like, you know, she, she hurdles off the edge with the comment about Craig, and then kind of almost redeems herself with that comment. You, you mustn't run away, Ashley. Get in the robot. Yeah, like, she's, she's trying. And that's the thing. It's like, her execution? Horrible. But she is trying in her page-like way. Um, the next scene that we have, we go to an Elvis competition, which was wild. I do remember they, this They've term. done so many things in this day, by they the way. They really have. They've, like, jam-packed this. Like, I would just... I, I'm just impressed they've able to get to all these things. Right? I feel like if I cut class, I would just, like, go to Starbucks and just hang out there all day. Like, I was just like, wow, y'all really Well, they had access to a car, and sure. they were in, you know, Toronto downtown. Well, not downtown, but, like, you know, vaguely Toronto area. Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> and I, I enjoyed this for, like, the bizarre spectacle it was, but I was just like, oh my god, how much better would this have been if that's how Radish caught them? He's in the Elvis competition. <laughs> that actually would have been really funny. That's why he took a personal day, because he had to go enter the Elvis competition. <laughs> and then there's just, like, and then they, like, snap a photo of him. It's like, we didn't see each other. <laughs> yeah, like, and then just finger guns out. Um, but, so there's an Elvis competition. The kids, I, I don't know how they ended up here, and they kind of don't either. Weird, it's at that <clears throat> weird mall, movie theater, restaurant, amorphous space that they use a lot of the time. Uh, just go on okay, yes. I yes. looked around. It's the same set. Thank you. So they did that. And um, and so they go, and they see people in various states of Elvis. And Spinner is just like, the singer sucked, this day sucked. And he looks at Ashley, and he calls her a queen of doom. Well, he says, he says, this is a lame end to a lame day. Can't wait to tell everyone who skipped with the queen of doom. Yeah. And Cause... Ashley's just like, I'll be back. And Paige is so mad at Spinner because of it. She smacks him on the head. She does. It's, it's interesting because it's like, Paige <clears throat> says like, we're... Paige is interesting because I feel like, once again, she is out of her depth. She's consistently out of her depth when it comes, like, throughout this season. Throughout this season has just been Paige in situations that she cannot handle, for better or for worse. And I feel like it goes, like, it really exemplified in this moment because it's obvious that she cares. She just has no fucking idea how to go about it. Well, I mean, she's doing the best she can. She's, you know, they're bringing her along to do fun things and Mm -hmm. try and get her to... Have a good time. That's really all you can do most of the time. It's true. Um, so the next scene at the Elvis competition, Spinner and Paige still can't find Ashley. And well, she she says she's going to buy snacks. Yeah. And she's not back. And, yeah. You know, this is... Oh. Hmm. We as the viewer are like, oh, she ditched them, clearly. Oh. And um, <clears throat> they see a kid do an Elvis performance, little Elvis performs. <laughs> it's pretty good. He rocked Yeah, he, he was great. Rock, rocked it out. He was great. I hate Elvis, but he was great. Um, Get Elvis. 
Kid Elvis. Kid Elvis. Little little child. Kid Elvis performs. Um, and good old good old rock and roll turn turn to to to, to rap rap rock. Yeah. Um. So they. Then, after he performs, the host inter- introduces Elvira, Queen of Doom, which is the best name. Um, and out comes Ashley in an oversized jumpsuit. She dedicates the song to the guy who let her bo- let him let her borrow said jumpsuit, and also dedicates the song to Spinner and Paige. As she begins to sing in a, re- a really goofy interpretation of, I don't know what song. Yeah, we're not Elvis fans here, but no. you know. Somebody knows out there, not us. Somebody's screaming listening to this podcast yes. going, you are fucking idiots. Anyway, I don't care. It's really <clears> goofy <throat> and fun. It really, like, you can tell that she is enjoying herself and enjoying goofing off. And it's a big moment for also Spinner and Paige to kind of see that, like, all of their work today has not, you know, has not been for nothing. Yeah. So we go yeah. to Ashley's house, uh, the next scene. Ashley is holding a third place trophy, and her mom is like, "What the fuck were you doing?" <laughs> you, I left. A, I guess mom, Ashley's mom's a realtor. She's like, "I leave a showing because I was worried about you." I come back, and you're coming home with the weirdest trophy ever. <laughs> and Ashley just laughs, which I loved. She just fucking starts laughing. The, her mom's trying to scold her, and yeah. she just starts laughing. Which... Yeah, and she just goes like, sorry, little lady. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny and good. Um, and... and the mom starts laughing, too, because, like, yeah. she's just, she's happy that, that her kid is, is actually laughing. Yeah. Because she hadn't been doing that for a while. Yeah, and it, it's, it's nice, because I think what we've seen consistently with Ashley's mom when we have seen her, it's been a while since we've seen Mama Kerwin and I missed her. Like, she's very much like a hands-off kind of parent to Ashley. She seems to really trust that Ashley will figure things out eventually. And she doesn't intervene all that much. Even though Ashley has done some things people would argue are pretty not great. She, she all, all I ever remember, of, I think the only episode I saw her in was where she gets her belly button pierced, or at least attempts to. <laughs> yeah. And Mom's just like, yeah, that's fine. You can do that. Do yeah. you want to do it? Ellie's like, go do it too. Want to do it too? I still think she had a big oh, crush yeah. on Ashley's mom. <laughs> yeah, Ellie, Ellie asking Ashley's mom to come get her belly button pierced with them. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, but yeah, it's interesting to kind of see that continue. Like, of all the threads that get dropped in Degrassi, it's very interesting that that's a thread that has continued literally since the second episode. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. But, um, then, you know, they kind of laugh and bond about it. And then we go to... Our last scene. Our last scene. We are at the side of the road. Paige and Ashley are in Dylan's car. They notice that there's a parking ticket. Paige and Spinner. Yeah, Paige and Spinner. You said Paige and Ashley. Whatever. I wish. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just want sapphic romance and Degrassi. I'll take anything at this point. But um, they notice that there's a parking ticket. And Paige is like, "Mm, Dylan doesn't need to know that. (laughs) And they kiss. And they drive. Hashtag worth it. Yeah. I... I was about to say, like, when you were like, I'll t- I just want Savic Romance, I'll take anything. I was like, I thought to myself, Paige and Alex? And I was like, I don't hate that. Mm. 
just like like somebody like makes fun of like oh like there goes you know like the weirdo whatever and just Alex comes out of nowhere just slams like 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 what the fuck you say? That's good. <laughs> I'm all for that. A little, little, sun, little sun and moon type of nonsense. I'm always for that. But um. Maybe I'm like the sun and you're the moon. That's all of my ships. Real talk. Literally all of my ships. Anyway, so they keep going. Um, and drive off into the, I would say into the sunset, but it's a really drab day that they filmed this episode, so it's kind of like into the gray clouds. So, that's all I got about this episode. How about you two? It's not much. It wasn't anything really offensive, like... No, shockingly. Um, I'm gonna give it a B plus. Not, yep. like, the best episode, not, not the worst episode, like... It's not a bothersome episode. I will say that... I found Ashley, like, the... I think once Ashley saw Terry and she was, like, really rattled by it, I could buy Ashley's funk a little better. But I do wish this was before Rock and Roll High School. I think I would have bought it a little easier at first, if if that was the case. I could have really done with, like, instead of the ending scene with Spinner and Paige, if it was just, like, Ashley going back to the hospital and trying again. That would have been nice. That would have not knocked it up to an A+. Plus. I agree. Just, like, Ashley be- Actually getting over what, or not really getting over, but, like, kind of, like... Pushing through. Yeah, and being like, I need to be there for my friend. Exactly. So. Exactly. I agree. Um, shall we go to character <clears throat> rankings? Sure. Um, Spinner and Paige for, well, Paige for trying her best. You know, she still can't climb any higher. Uh, this episode needed more Marco. He continues to be... Always. A sweet, sweet boy. Ugh. Um... I'm glad to see him and Dylan are still together. Dylan, for being on that hustle, is also going up in my rankings. Um, Archie, for being uh, a teacher, going up in my rankings. Um, Emma, for... Uh, for throwing down. Yeah, I don't want to reward her, though, for that. <laughs> Fair enough. Because, like, she just kind of attacks Alex pointlessly. So that's not cool. So, but I also understand what she was going through some stuff, so she can kind of stay where she is. Mm-hmm. Not really going up or down. Um, Alex for <laughs> being a primo bully. She's so... I love lady bullies, and I love Alex. Um, in that, like, she didn't, like, decide to throw any, like, homophobic slurs around or anything like that. Instead of just rolling up a pa- piece of paper and just lobbing it into Emma's face, she... Gets to go up a few steps, though I know bullying is not a good thing. Uh, JT, not that bad this episode, so he can go up a step. Um, can stay. Spinner kind of graded on me a few times, like he's going down a bit. Kendra, mm-hmm. uh, for basically complaining about Spinner's, the favoritism Spinner got to deal, like got dealt, was going up a bunch of steps. Um, Radish for going on a date. You know what, man? Step, step up. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, is that it? That's all I can really think of. Oh, Andrew, I'm sorry. Poor Andrew. <laughs> like, Poor Andrew. I'm sorry you have to keep dealing with the cast members. He's not even a one-off. He's been fucked over twice now in different ways. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's it. Nice. So let's move on to recommendations. This is where we recommend things that we are enjoying or things that we find related to the topic. 
Um, I'm going to recommend a book that I have almost finished in one day um, because I am loving it so much. It is okay. called Hold Still by Nina LaCour. Um, this is my first book I've read by her. I have heard nothing but good things about her writing. Um, not only has she written a couple independently written YA novels, but she's also written one with David Levithan. Um, and I find her writing to be absolutely beautiful. Um, but her book, Hold Still, is really good. It is an anniversary edition just opened up. I think it's about 10 years old now. But it's focused on a girl who is trying to figure out how to proceed after her friend dies by suicide. Um, and it's focused on the year afterwards and kind of how she grows and how she changes and how she deals with it. Um, there are very good discussions of mental illness, very good discussions and of self-harm, which, you know, last time we had an episode about this, I got really stuck on finding a book that I could recommend. So this is a book that definitely handles it very well. And um, I think it also complements the theme of being in a funk and being in a rut and not really sure how to go on with your life, much like what Ashley is dealing with to a certain extent in this episode. So I strongly recommend it. I haven't read her other stuff, but I've heard nothing <coughs> good things about it as well. Um, and lots of LGBTQ rep in her writing as well, which is always really important. Gwyn is currently spraying the cats, so... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Seeing how I mentioned her before, I'm going to recommend the Animorphs books. Hell yeah! <laughs> Just great middle grade writing. Um, and I also recently saw Endgame. And I was just like, you know what? Ended a lot better than that. The Animorphs books. Because, uh, uh, <laughs> um, like, did anybody else finish the entire series without just me? I did not. I read <laughs> a lot of them. But I did this weird jump when I was a kid where I was, I jumped from, like, I feel like, like, I didn't really do middle grade. Like, I kind of went from, like a, a, like, a fourth grade reading level to reading YA, and I didn't really read middle grade because of it. So, like, I read some of the Animorphs books, but then I, like, jumped to YA, and then I didn't finish. I, I, I read every one of them, including the Choose Your Own Adventure one. Wow. Um, <laughs> the Choose Your Own Adventure one was not good. I don't like Choose Your Own Adventure. Hot take. But, Tell me where the fuck you want me to go. But, like... It, the only time that works was in the Goosebump ones. Because those, those are just wild and, and Even like, then I would read all the paths. Well, yeah, but that was the fun of it. I guess. That was the fun of it. Because you're like, okay, well, this path, I, got, I died this gruesome way. How can I die a different way? That's How true. can I maybe just, like, not die, but, like, survive in this long-term imprisonment? That's fun. Mm -hmm. That's terrifying. Um, but, yeah, I that's the reason I actually... Uh, my sister sent me a Tumblr post where Kay Applegate explains why... Animorphs ends the way it does, which is on kind of a dour note. Honestly. Yeah, I know how it ends. It's, it's it's an intense ending. Yeah, and she's just like, this was a war. Wars yeah. don't end well. Yeah, like, like it's real. It's it's a real as fuck ending. It's brutal. So yeah, I highly suggest the Animorphs books. So, like, read them, love them, if you, you know, if you like them. But yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Any recommendation, Gwen? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really have anything on hand for for, the, for this episode specifically but um season two of Shira is is currently out on on netflix if you have access to it uh and the first season was was really great i haven't watched the second season but i'm very excited to do that i recommend you check it out if you can um 
also I, I finally got around to finishing this one of like a, a classic manga uh, called Princess Jellyfish um, and and the another book by by uh, the the author what's her name again uh, I'm trying to read it looking at your Hagashimura Akiko uh, yeah and she's great she's very relatable <laughs> and the other other series that she put out more recently I also finished reading which is Tokyo Tarariba Girls uh, about <laughs> About like thirty thirty something year old woman complaining about not being married and not knowing what to, do, what to do with their lives and just going out drinking and having fun together until their lives will somehow work out. It's very messy. It's 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 a wild ride. It's it's good. Nice. That was it. That's all I got. Well, that being said, Gwen, you've <laughs> made it through. Woo! Congratulations! Somehow, some way, you've done it again. Are there ways that people can continue the conversation with you? Yeah, I still have a Twitter underscore F R O P P Y Froppy. Um, that's it. All right. If you want to keep in touch with the podcast, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can send any emails to us at ihopepod at gmail.com. Feel free to send us any questions, comments, concerns. We are also always looking for co-hosts. We are trying to line up guests for our fourth season. Please, 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 please check it out. And look at some of the synopsis. Synopsi! I. Fuck, I do not remember from last week. Anyway, check them out. See if any of them speak to you. Email us if you are interested in co hosting. It is a paid gig. We also just love having a third person. Uh, it is always fun to open up the conversation to somebody else. So please check it out. Um, if you know somebody who might be a really good guest, recommend them. Get, get us in touch with them. We're also looking for people who are interested in transcribing the podcast. I did get somebody who is interested, but obviously we have quite a few episodes, so the more the merrier. Please send us your rates and experience and all that good stuff. Um, also, we are always looking for people to send text or audio files about how Degrassi has made a positive impact on them, whether it was through their characters, seasons, episodes, etc., etc. I am talking to way too many people telling me how much they love Marco Del Rossi, and yet they are not sending me information about it to put on the podcast. <laughs> so, if you have spent at least one moment talking to me in any way, shape, or form and went, I like Marco Del Rossi, write up about it and send it to me. I want to read it so everyone knows. Anyway... If you want to talk to us in different ways, you can join our Facebook group at I, at I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Hope Pod as well. If you want to support the podcast, you can buy us a coffee. Uh, any coffees that are bought are going to be put toward tech upgrades as well as compensating our guests. You can also leave us a rating and or review. Once we hit 20, we are going to go back into the Degrassi archives to check out Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High episodes, giving you double the content. Uh, so definitely try and send one our way. We appreciate all of you that have already. If you want to keep in touch with me individually, you can follow me on Twitter at DM is Unbreakable. I don't have another pod. I don't have another. Damn it! You did it again. I don't have another podcast. That's not true. I don't have a Twitter, <laughs> but I do have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk, um, where my sister and I uh, talk about just other teen media and whatnot. Uh, the sh- when this comes out, we'll be. On, I think, like, the third week of May Smooches, which is us just talking about, like, romantic teen movies. Um, so, yeah, it's gonna be a fun time. Awesome. We watched Midnight Sun this week, and I cried <laughs> a whole bunch. Were you, like, spinner in the movie? No, I openly was weeping. Good. Because it was Rob Riggle as a sad dad to Bella Thorne. Good, good. As you should. 
With that said, everybody, we hope we can keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us. See you next week. Later. Bye. Lollipop, lollipop,